Hi, this is Noah Kadner, and you're listening to the Virtual Production Podcast. Rob Legato is a virtual production pioneer. You've seen his work as a visual effects supervisor in everything from Star Trek Next Generation to Titanic to The Lion King. But the most incredible thing is that he was originally trained to be a cinematographer. But a chance encounter with some cutting-edge technology in the 80s changed his career trajectory forever. Magically, the night I graduated from film school, the next morning boarded a plane. Guy sat down next to me, saw that I was reading American Cinematographer magazine and said, so you're interested in the film business? I was like, well, as luck would have it, I just graduated yesterday. He gave me the card of what came to be my first employer. I witnessed one Ultimat session, a blue screen Ultimat session from the hallway, not even actually in the session, just from a distance. And uh, something came up and I said, well, why don't you use this Ultimat thing? And they said, well, we don't know anything about it. And uh, so I went and researched it and I came up with this crazy idea. And it was so crazy that they wanted to try it to see if it would work. And then all of a sudden I became an expert. I was like, I'm now the expert of doing video compositing. It's like I witnessed it once from a hallway and all of a sudden I'm now now, you know, everybody comes to the building and say, can you figure out how to do this? Legato went on to use video compositing and the power of new technologies like Ultimat as a visual effects supervisor on The Twilight Zone, Star Trek The Next Generation, and later Star Trek Deep Space Nine through the early 90s. Star Trek taught Legato how to tell a story with every visual effects shot. When I did Star Trek, every week I would come up with a new combination of shots and lighting and learn very early on that if you get in close on something, the sound effects people can actually take advantage of it. You could really pick out the sounds and that really influenced the way you perceive the shot and the sequence. Legato's first feature film as a visual effects supervisor for Digital Domain was 1994's Interview with the Vampire, starring Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. I'll wait to see we get started. His work in that film caught the attention of another filmmaker with an effects-heavy film in the works. Okay, uh, good evening, uh, America, and welcome aboard Apollo 13. Ron Howard saw that and he kind of liked what I had to say and what I did and how well I matched into the movie and stuff like that. And they were going to give Apollo 13 to ILM and then they had second thoughts about it. So they gave it to me, which forever pissed off uh, um, George Lucas, uh, uh, which I later found out. My particular bent on filmmaking is I need a story to tell. I can't just shoot pretty pictures. When I did Apollo... I made up my own narrative of how to do the launch and the ships in space, and I didn't tell anybody about it. And one person, I found it really interesting, one person in Australia wrote me a letter and specifically pointed out all the various things I did in it and told it back to me as if it was me telling him what I was doing. And I thought, wow, it did come through. Pad leader, what's your status? We are go for launch. Legato's launch sequence in Apollo 13 is a landmark of visual effects, combining practical models with, at the time, cutting-edge computer graphics. The work garnered Legato his first Academy Award and brought him to the attention of another visual effects savvy filmmaker, James Cameron, who was developing a little historical drama he called Titanic. 
Jim liked what I did on Apollo 13 because it didn't feel like you switched to a visual effects sequence and then stopped the visual effects sequence and went back to the movie. It felt like it was all one film. So he wanted me to do um, Titanic. And then pretty much the rest is kind of, you know, the, the history of my career. So you want to go to a real party? Titanic earned Legato another Oscar for Best Visual Effects, along with a pile of other accolades that the 1997 film earned. After the turn of the century, Legato began to investigate and innovate with the combination of real-world physics and virtual imagery that would eventually come to be known as virtual production. My inability to communicate in storyboard form forced me to come up with these ways of doing these things where I could preview it. And then I started to learn the preview tools. You know, uh, was originally was Motion Builder, hence the aviator. I was designing the plane crash sequence. Right wing just dipped. I, I'm, I'm losing starboard engine. Increase the power. I hooked up a real-time um, pan and tilt wheels like you'd use for like a Luma crane or that kind of thing, a remote head, to this motion builder. And, you know, it turned out to be successful enough for when I introduced how you might work this way to Jim Cameron, because I thought it was really cool. And I know it appealed to Jim because he loves to shoot, he loves to edit, and he obviously is a great director. When Cameron saw Legato's experiments, he realized he could take the process beyond converting live-action camera movements to motion control cameras. He could transfer those camera movements and actor movements into completely computer-generated animation. Jim really loved it. And then he changed what he was going to do. He was going to do a battle angel. Uh, and he had it all planned and prepped and, you know, the artwork done. And he sold Fox on it. And then he said, screw this. I want to actually do the movie I wanted to do, which was Avatar. You are not in Kansas anymore. You are on Pandora, ladies and gentlemen. While Cameron and Legato worked together on Avatar in 2007, they were not only creating the film itself, they were also pioneering new workflows which formed the backbone of much of what we call virtual production today. If you shoot and then somebody else later puts it together without knowing what you were trying for or whatever else, it you you get vastly different results. So because Jim's an editor too, he adopted it immediately. It's like, why are we disconnecting all these disciplines? They should be all together because one affects the other so thoroughly. All of those things mean something because they cross-pollinate these ideas. I called it sort of virtual cinematography, although really virtual production was probably closer to what it should be called because it involved uh, post-production as well. Legato credits his success in the virtual world with his background in physical production and his experience in working with real-world locations. It's also enabled him to collaborate closely with other world-class cinematographers like Caleb Deschanel ASC, whom Legato worked with on The Lion King. When you work with somebody like Caleb, who has so much experience doing it and also natural ability to do it, that's the way they work. If you don't have any experience, then it's fairly difficult to do because you don't know how that is going to affect what you're shooting. And as a cameraman, you kind of know that's why you picked that spot to start lighting that particular shot, that it's a good place to be. And that's the way Gordon Willis worked and Vittorio Storaro and Bob Richardson. And when I shoot, that's the way I work. I know what I want to see see it in my head and then start executing it. And then the final result on camera is the reason why I picked that spot in the first place. Legato is also very interested in how the next generation of filmmakers will learn about production and post-production. 
He believes the open access of virtual production tools such as Unreal Engine helped to create a level playing field of opportunity. When I grew up in the business, uh, you know, there was no virtual production. So all your production experiences was on stage, on set with grips and electricians and uh, set and stuff. Well, those opportunities are few and far between if you have no experience, if you don't have a resume, very few people are going to hire you to do it. So you get little drips and drabs of experience on a student film. You might get a splinter camera and go off and shoot something for somebody, you know, but you didn't have this condensed, let me even learn how to operate a camera the virtual production tools are pretty straightforward, pretty easy. You have to have some sort of, you know, computer savvy of some degree. What should you do to learn how to play piano? It's like, well, you have to listen to a lot of music. You have to kind of get inspired and you have to learn how to do it. But you can't just invent the piano and then sit down and compose something. You, you have to have some art, a study, and ability. So the thing that helps you with this is that it gives you practice without spending a fortune. During the pandemic, Legato found himself busier than ever working with director Michael Bay, and on other projects. All of the virtual production skills he'd honed over the course of his career were fortunately very well suited to remote collaboration. Uh, I've been working, uh, I mean, some of them are secrets, so I can't say, but it's a feature film by a very unusual filmmaker. Um, and, you know, the whole Google chat and the Zoom things, you know, end up working pretty well. You get to talk to a lot of people for as long as you need to, to basically produce the, whatever the work is, almost better than you could in the normal production scheme because to get everybody together in a room and schedule and all that stuff is really kind of difficult. But if you could say, you know, hey, but that too, get on the phone for 10 minutes or get on the uh, Google chat. And it also is one step closer to being there because you get to see the person's face and their reactions. The Bay Project I'm working on, besides the fact that I could uh, have a, a really kind of high-level video chat with him, it's also with the team of people. And when I did Titanic with Jim, we had a, a thing called a VTEL session. So we're used to doing virtual talk. He was in Mexico. I was in Los Angeles. And we would confer and show him shots and various things. Not too terribly similar to what we're doing right now, just because that's the only way we could do it. And when I worked with Marty in New York, it wasn't quite as formalized as a, as a video chat, although we do those occasionally. But it would save a lot of time to have a really quick hear-it-from-the-horse's-mouth type discussion with somebody. Legato found himself being so productive and efficient while working completely remotely that he saw a lot of utility in carrying on the remote workflows beyond the necessity of the pandemic. My entire day's worth of work I could do in an hour and a half of uninterrupted uh, work. And, and the social aspect of driving in, settling in, get a coffee, sit down. Somebody comes in and they, ask, they say, how was your weekend? You, you know, and then somebody comes in while you're, while you're working and they interrupt you. Can I ask you a question? Okay. And then you, you forget what you're doing. And then all of a sudden it's like, I better not start this because uh, lunch is going to be in 20 minutes. So let me just, you know, waste 20 minutes because I don't want to spend, you know, uh, and be interrupted. So, and so all of a sudden all those things add up to be really kind of a waste of time. Virtual productions like The Mandalorian popularized the live LED wall rear projection workflow. His enthusiasm outweighs his discretion. Please lower your blaster. Legato sees that workflow as important to a post-pandemic Hollywood via remote collaboration. When you're forced to do it, you go, hey, that's not so bad. You know, where before it's like, forget, I don't want to do that. That's so 
bizarre. I don't, I don't want to be remote. I want to be, you know, and then all of a sudden you, you, and that's why I think it's going to happen with the video wall is it's like, well, now you kind of have to do something to minimize the footprint on stage. And all of a sudden you're going to see the value in it. And it's like, well, we're not going to necessarily just go back hundred percent of the way we were. We're going to incorporate these things that we've learned that are useful beyond just the fact that it's the only way you can do it now because of social distancing. You will adopt them and they will become a part of the movie business way faster than they would have on their own. As someone who witnessed and helped develop many technological revolutions in filmmaking, Legato envisions the future of virtual production as having even more possibilities for creative people. Here's a couple of pluses, say, with the video wall. If you could do something in real time that looks photo real, you have broken the back of why to use a computer or not use a computer. It's like, well, why not? You know, where before it'd be like, well, it looks like CG, so it looks like crap, and I don't like it. It's not authentic. But if it looks real, you will now alter the way you make a movie. And then the pluses are, like, as an example, it's like, uh, you want Tom Hanks to be in your movie. Well, you know what? To make it worth his while, he's got to be there, and it's got to go to these various locations. If I could get Tom Hanks for three days to be the cameo in my movie, I could do 10 different scenes. We could make it look absolutely photoreal. You could stand on the stage wherever um, you are and be able to shoot and extend the production value of your movie just even on an actor level because you now conveniently can shoot it. And it kind of goes back into the old studio model of uh, you shoot everything on stage, you go outside to the back lot, and all of a sudden you have a cluster of actors and directors and producers that can live in one environment and just get really good at it, like the MGM musicals. I mean, they got really good at it because the same people did them every day. All right, cut it. Print it, Jane. Okay. All right, take me into number one. Although Rob Legato is clearly a master of technology, he also has the experience to recognize the human element is what makes all the difference in the success or failure of a story. That's why virtual production becomes very important, is that I can translate 40 years of Caleb's ability because he can operate the camera exactly the way he would. So now before it was like, well, you need a young, hot, computer literate person to do this. It's like, no, you can get, you know, a top professional, a a, a gifted person to operate the same equipment the way they were always used to. So that's going to change where it's going to remove the magic out of it or the specialty out of it. It will be you will be able to take advantage of a lifetime of learning that doesn't include modern devices and, and all the various things, and still be able to apply your trade. You've been listening to the Virtual Production Podcast. Thanks again to our special guest, Rob Legato, ASC, for joining us. This episode was written and hosted by me, Noah Kadner. This episode was edited and mixed by Corey Abel. The Virtual Production Podcast is a co-production of The Virtual Company and Abel Cine. We love virtual production, and we'd also love to work with you. So please visit our website and drop us a line if we can help you out. Please also let us know if there's a subject or a guest you'd like to hear on the show. And if you like what you've heard today... Please give us a five-star review, subscribe, and tell your friends about us wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks again, and see you next time on the Virtual Production Podcast. Podcast.